0: Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Craftheads Podcast, the podcast about nothing but also everything and where every episode is something different. I am recording this evening of October 12th with my wife, Tara. Hello. And we're going to talk about something on the way to our next movie rundown. So we're actually recording two episodes tonight. I'll release them separately. But the reason being, we couldn't possibly talk about this particular movie just as an afterthought at the end of a movie rundown because it's such a big deal. So I have to say there will be spoilers, obviously, and I would say if you're a Sopranos fan, don't listen to this yet because we're going to dive right into the spoilers. And if you're not a Sopranos fan but think you might watch it one day, and you should, I would also wait because without spoiling anything watching this movie will spoil some things from the show. So before we dive in, I did want to talk about a drink that I purchased, what, a year ago?
1: Um, You purchased this well over a year ago, I think.
0: Yes, we've had this sitting in the fridge, and I've been threatening to do a Sopranos episode for I don't even know how long, and we never really quite got around to it. And I think the reason, because I know myself, is... If there's something I'm very passionate about that I want to get right and have it be just perfect, I'll kind of like put it off. Same thing goes for producing really long Craft Heads podcast episodes, etc. And I think I knew I would never be able to cover everything I wanted to cover about The Sopranos and capture it so perfectly. So I kind of just kept putting it off, which is silly. We did a Twin Peaks episode. We did a Leftovers episode. But Sopranos is special and different. So while we'll be peppering some things in from the show that we love – we wanted to talk about The Many Saints of Newark. The Sopranos ended in 2007. Uh, Many Saints of Newark just came out on October 1st. I was actually hoping to get this out a little bit sooner, but this will have to do. And so it's been, you know, well over a decade since the show's been off the air. Of course, James Gandolfini passed away um, several years ago. 2013, I think, actually. So, um, And it's really cool because the young Tony is played by his son, Michael. Does a great job, but we'll we'll get on into all that stuff. But again, the the drink that I had purchased a year ago that I was so excited, and now after having seen the movie, it's just this might be the most appropriate drink for a craft heads episode in the history of craft heads. Tara, do you want to tell our listeners about it?
1: Am I reading the name?
0: Yeah, read the okay. name, the details, and why it's cool. So
1: it's called Hubbard's Cave. Is that the name of the brewery, Hubbard's Cave? I. Th- I think it's, so
0: let's give a little bit of context on that. I think the brewery is, however you pronounce this, Une-Ane, or whatever that is. It's spelled U-N-E space Mm. A-N-N-E with an accent, E. And then there's like a bar in the middle. And then it says Hubbard's Cave. So I think it's sort of like a subset of it or maybe like half of that brewery.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So Hubbard's Cave from Une-Ane-Ane, Or nay, however you pronounce it. That's I'm butchering be fun. that. Yeah. It's
0: gonna be good. Yeah.
1: So but the name of the beer itself is Come Heavy or Not At All. And it is ten percent. Did you see at the very bottom underneath that alcohol by volume? It says we heavy. Well, that's a kind of beer. Oh, yeah. That's fun. That's real fun. So it's a wee heavy. So come heavy or not at all is actually a quote out of Sopranos that Junior Soprano says to Tony Soprano, and it's got a picture, and you'll see in the image, um, Junior's floating glasses. Yeah, that's his good. his
0: like Mr. Magoo, Martin Scorsese glasses. It's a very... You'll see it. Um, I should have superimposed it on the episode image here, so you'll be able to see it. But it has his glasses and nothing else on the label with the come heavy or not at all. And that's from season one, episode four, when he and Tony are butting heads about who's going to take over. And he says, next time you come in, you come heavy or not at all. And it, it's a very... Powerful line, and really, it sets the tone for a lot of the things that transpire in the show between him and Tony, um, and their you know their tenuous relationship at best. So, my favorite thing about it is it's a very subtle Sopranos reference, and I feel if I had to take a guess, at least half of people who have looked at or drunk that beer, they have no idea. I mean that I haven't confirmed this, but that that has to be a Sopranos reference with that name oh. and the glasses. It's it's just seriously my favorite beer name and label ever because I'm such a fanatic.
1: It has to be because I'm thinking of, you know the beginning of a book, how like a fiction novel, it says any characters or references to mm-hmm. real events, like that's c- pure coincidence. That usually never happens. That's like one of those moments. Like imagine being the person at that brewery And like just putting all that together, and like it's a perfect Sopranos reference. Like I don't, you have a better chance of having like your entire life story written in a novel than that occurring. Yeah, of course. Naturally, exactly. So
0: So that that's not a coincidence, but that's the drink. And after all this time, we're finally talking about a little Sopranos on Crafted. So cheers to that. Cheers or salute. Salute. See, this thing, it is so sweet. Especially for a beer that's 10%. I mean, it is supremely drinkable. You
1: know what that tastes like? What? I'm letting... I'm aerating it. Warming it up. Warm it up. All um, 9,000 taste buds. It literally tastes like that chocolate cake out in the kitchen.
0: Just but what you better. need. Tara and I just celebrated <laughs> our one-year anniversary in the church anyways. And... uh my mother-in-law sent us a big-ass chocolate cake, and Tara is just going to turn into chocolate cake. I'm convinced that for the past couple of days. Yep. So anyhow, that's the backstory of the drink, the movie, and why it's so important to us. Um, the Sopranos is objectively the greatest show of all time. I will fight anybody who disagrees with that. I've brought that up many times, and... Honestly, if you have not seen it, I cannot strongly enough recommend it to you. I've never seen anything like it, and there will never, ever be anything like it again on TV, in my humble opinion, just the combination of everything that it brings to the table. So um, even though we're going to have our poopy little Many Saints of Newark chatter here and sprinkle in a couple things about the show, what I would highly recommend you do is check out Another podcast, ironically, but it's called Talking Sopranos, and it's hosted by Steve Shrippa and Michael Imperioli, so Bobby Bacala and Chris Moltisanti from the show, respectively. And I haven't even listened to a ton of it. I've probably listened to a handful of episodes But it is so cool, and you learn so many cool things, not only like tidbits about the show, but more so about the actors and the experiences with everybody. They go through episode by episode, so there's a ton of them, obviously. And it is just so incredible hearing these two go back and forth. You can sense the camaraderie and the friendship between them that they developed.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually going to say to that point where you mentioned, you get to hear their obviously firsthand experiences because they were actors on the show. And I think recently, um, Michael and Pirioli was recounting. Was it? I think well, both of them. But they were recounting a certain scene, and I told you about this, and we had no idea. I was like, yeah, "Oh my gosh!" It's so, so good. One of the scenes. Give the listeners a little yeah, tidbit. So uh, they're about to film a scene where they're disposing of uh, a body in a like a flooded quarry, and they had to film it at night, and so they're waiting all day to you know get to nighttime setting up all these lights and stuff. And so, Michael Imperioli goes over to James Gandolfini's trailer and they have a drink, which turns into them drinking shitloads. They drink a whole bottle of wild turkey whiskey. They're plastered. And when they come out of the trailer to go film that scene, the crew was worried about them falling off the the cliff. So they had to tie their ankles with chains to like a downed tree or log so they wouldn't fall off. But like I can't wait to rewatch again. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to rewatch and then we get to that scene and I'm like, Oh, by the way, they're shit pissed drunk. Yep. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, it's just and, crazy. And
0: who knows, maybe if you watch closely enough we'll be able to see something. But yeah, you have no idea these guys are wasted. And literally chained to something to make sure that they don't fall off a cliff to their death. Yeah, so, they,
1: I think they, they use leaves to cover up yeah, the chains. Yeah, and, and stuff. I'm
0: sure there's tons more stories. Uh, if you know, if you listen to all the show, one of these days I'm going to listen to more of them. I just, I to be honest with you, there aren't a lot of times in my life at the moment where I can sit down and need to listen to something for two hours or whatever. You know, which is a good thing. It means I'm not commuting. So true. Anyhow, spoilers beginning officially now in regard to both the movie and the show. You've been warned. If you have not seen The Sopranos before and you keep listening, shame on you.
1: Yep, not our fault.
0: First of all, the reason that I think it is so cool that we're having this drink that is spe- this beer that is specifically tied to Junior Soprano is the huge reveal at the end of the movie, which. Legit blew my mind, and I gasped. There were two times yeah. in the movie that I gasped, and we'll get to the second one. But I was like, <gasps> whenever I saw who what who it was and what happened. Yep. And do you want to uh, tell the listeners or see if they agree with us?
1: What do you mean, like what happened? Yeah. What am I like recounting the whole scene? Well,
0: just who killed Dicky Moltisanti?
1: It was Junior. He ordered the hit. Yeah. And you and you think the entire show it's going to be the. Um you know, the black guy that he worked with, who, and, and in the movie, oh, you God. see, Harold, was you, that his name? I think so. But you, you obviously, the race relations in, um you know, in the, it's, a, it's very much a time period piece. So New York race riots,
0: 1967. Ex- exactly.
1: And, and so in the movie, there's someone working with Dickie Maltasante who is black, and you see what, you know, ends up kind of becoming like a I don't know call it called a cold war, but during the riots and whatnot, like he basically, you know, stands up for himself, makes a name for himself, and he has now cleaved himself away from the Italian, you know, mafia. And um the whole entire time you end up thinking, oh my god, it's gonna be him. Like, oh my cause I I'd have to rewatch it to the point that I can kind of quote it like we do Sopranos. But there are definitely a lot of like hints and tidbits throughout. That very much hint that they are going to order hits on each other, or they're going to come to a head at some point, very violently. And at the very end, Dicky Moltisanti is killed. He is killed in his driveway, and you see the iconic um, folding tray table. Mm-hmm. And, and, That's right. And um, I think there was a crib and stuff. So the, the cl- there
0: wasn't a crib. That's what Chrissy thought in the actual. Oh. show. he was like he was carrying me a crib. You and. Tony's like, like, they were TV trays, but it could have been a crib just the same. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you see the TV trays, and you see it's Christmas. He gets shot. He's, like, bleeding all over, like, the back of the car and into the trunk and stuff. And then it cuts to Junior. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And now it's crazy because, like, I, I think about Sopranos, and I used to, like, toy with, like, being on the fence about, oh, Junior Soprano, like, do you love him or you hate him? Do you feel bad for him, or do you think he got what was coming to him? And now, I as I do have some little pieces of me that feel bad for how his demise ended up coming about, I don't feel bad at all, kind of, after that reveal. I'm just like, yeah. oh, shit, dude. Yeah, like, he, you're terrible. He,
0: he had Dickie killed because he, he was not only jealous and envious of, of Dickie's, I think, clout and, and position, but it was because... Whenever Junior fell and said "sisters cunt" for the nth time, which my God, so amazing because they made him say that like three times in the movie after yeah. he had said it in, in the show in one of the funniest scenes when he falls in the shower. So the, that little attention to detail. But when he falls on the steps of it might be a church or something, I can't I remember when he's leaving. Dicky laughs at him, and then he you know everyone's
1: laughing yeah, at him, yeah, everybody's laughing. But he laughing. hones in on Dickie.
0: exactly, and and it goes to show you what a psychopath Junior really is. Like, he, he literally killed the guy over that, you know, combined with yeah. the envy he, and jealousy of his well, of his position.
1: Yeah, and he almost killed his, uh, whatever she was, what was her name? The, the, his Gumar. His Gumar, he almost kills his Gumar because she lets it slip that... You know, he goes down on her. He goes south her. of the
0: border. Yeah,
1: and then you see all the muff jokes flying around, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like Do you know?
0: I, I got to tell the listeners this. As a kid, because I was watching this way too. I mean, I watched. I was watching it when it was airing. Um, I think I started in the third season. When so, whenever that would have been, probably like 2002 when, or something.
1: Oh my god, that's like middle school. <laughs> I was
0: 12, 13 years old, and eventually I wound up, you know, restarting and seeing the whole thing. But point is, I was exposed to all this stuff and i remember they like in the show in in the mafia at least or you know these these um very patriarchal hetero i hate i hate this word but like heteronormative um italian machissimo mafioso guys they none of them talk about kindalingus because it's shown as like a sign of weakness, or like the logic is if you, if you suck if you suck pussy, you'll suck anything. I think they say that in the show.
1: This so, so and I remember
0: as a kid thinking because of that show, I will never do that because that shit is <laughs> unacceptable. E- yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> which my God goes to show you how you could be influenced as a kid. But I think um, you were
1: watching that if I'm doing my math correctly. You say 2002, 2003? 2002 to
0: 2003. That's like sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. Forget about S- grades because grades grade. mean nothing to me. I was 12 or 13.
1: I was going to say 11 or 12.
0: I was 11 to 12, 13. 12 as so. it was
1: 2002.
0: Anyways, <laughs> psychiatry and cunnilingus brought us to this, as they said, in, um, in The Sopranos. But yeah, Harold, coming back to Harold a little bit... Um, That was the one aspect of the show. I liked his character. I liked the way that they went on their divergent paths, and then I think it made sense. He wanted to go off and do his own thing. All of that stuff made sense, especially in light of the racial tension of the time. What I am not crazy about, to be honest, is I'll be honest. The themes of the show seemed a little on the nose given the time, given our times. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially in the summer of 2020, like... And I also don't want to speak too far out of my ass because I don't know exactly when filming for this movie started, although I do know... I'm pretty sure it was a couple of years ago at least. So don't get me wrong. I would never um, accuse David Chase of pandering because that's not David Chase. But um, I I guess the timing was, was pretty wild. But the reason part of the reason I'm saying this is because there is no mention of this Harold McBrayer character in the show. So it almost seems like he was kind of retconned into it, but not yeah. really, you know, that's all that that's really one of my yeah. only things that I was kind of like,
1: eh, about. one thing that would have been really interesting, um, in hindsight, obviously would be really cool if, so in, in the Sopranos, Chrissy is in the car with Tony and, tony to gain trust with chrissy Mm -hmm. literally takes him somewhere and just in quotes delivers the his father's killer which is some cop having a retirement party and you never really find out if that was the guy that killed his father like you just kind of like take it with a grain of salt and chrissy believes that he killed the guy that killed his father so in you know, his eyes, he's loyal to Tony now because he's like, oh, you know, this guy, he like delivered my father's killer to me. You know, I'm going to hell for him, whatever. It would have been cool to see like any ties to that. But I, I truly think that Tony just invented that to get rid of a cop.
0: I mean, that's certainly possible, I think especially did, with all the other terrible things. Yeah, that Tony, I think Tony, he's Tony very just invented a
1: story because he knew the cop might have had information. And Chris he had Chrissy kill him just because... It tied up a loose end, and he figured, oh, I'll just play the little sob story and get some loyalty there.
0: He's very manipulative, and that's something that when you watch the show for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 20th time, you pick up on little scenes that are incredible where you see Tony totally play Puppet Master just in the way that he says things. Like One of the conversations I'm thinking of is whenever uh, he's talking to Ralphie about whether or not Jackie – has to be killed over knocking oh over gosh, the poker yeah. game. And he keeps on he keeps on saying all right, hold on. He keeps talking and speaking the words this is totally up to you. Whatever your decision is, it will be respected. I'll respect it. This is your call. It's your responsibility. But that's not what he's saying.
1: Oh, if yeah. if
0: you listen to the way that he is speaking, he's basically saying you need to have him killed. It is going to be your call and responsibility or people are not going to respect you. It, it's, it's, it's like a, an amazing double entendre conversation, but um getting back to him being manipulative. I, I don't know whether Tony even knows or believes if it was that cop, but he points out to Chrissy saying like he was on the take. So he's a crooked cop. So yeah. no matter what, he's, he's no good. This guy's scum. If he is indeed cor- uh, corrupt and it's funny because in the and I love that episode in that scene um I think it's the season opener of four maybe for all debts public and private Ooh, uh, that's I don't a remember. that's a quick guess because it ends with the dollar bill and um that
1: the dollar or the twenty
0: the the twenty dollar bill on the fridge and the the world destruction song, yeah. which was in a recent movie that we watched yep, but um anyways the the cop sitting there saying, he's like, whoever is telling you this, whoever's feeding you this information is lying to you. And Chrissy says, what difference does it make? Or something like that. And he's like, what do you mean, what difference would it make? You know, because he's about to kill a cop. And then Chrissy's like, it doesn't matter. He wants you dead, which he makes a good point there. Like, Tony gave him a hit, so.
1: I was going to say, like, to your point about, I guess, like, you know, you you felt some of the themes are maybe on the nose. It felt like some of the references were being spoon fed Mm -hmm. to me like junior soprano slipping on stairs hitting his ass and maybe his head saying sister's cunt like okay we get it like you don't have to like push all this shit together and then like um you know baby Chrissy like you know all upset in Tony's arms is like okay well yeah like I don't. I don't know. There were just certain the, things where I was just like, "This is this is." And
0: somebody at the table says, uh, "You know, some people believe that babies can see and feel things from the other side." And it's yeah. so funny because Baby Chrissy is extremely anxious and upset yeah, around. Yeah, he cries every time Tony. Tony
1: like holds him or touches yeah. him or anything like yeah. that. And like another spoiler, he kills him in the Sopranos. So I mean, like that's an obviously, uh, that's an obvious um reference to the show. Yeah. Like there's there's just so many things. The one okay, the most tragic thing for me in the whole entire movie was the revelation that Sills' hair yes. is a hairpiece. Oh I no, I refuse Yeah, it's not I, I refuse to even acknowledge I re- I that. It. The the universe of Sopranos inside of the many scenes of Newark is completely different than the actual Sopranos. Yeah. Still has hair.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, we're going we are making we're using Head's executive orders to strike that from canon, uh, and it's so funny because when the show started or the movie rather, and you see because it starts off even earlier when Tony isn't even old enough to be Michael Gandolfini's. No, he's age. in high school. Right. They they show what Silvio looks like, like big pussy. They they cast a really good guy for him and Paulie and, and other people, but still, I was like, oh, like that doesn't. What is that? That doesn't look like him. But then later, whenever Tony is of that age, where it, it's Michael Gandolfini's age, I can't remember the exact year or however many years that was. Later, it was whenever Johnny Soprano got out of prison. Then Syl was cast perfectly. The guy sounds like him. He walks like him. I mean, we've t- you and I have talked about this, Tara, but like he even does that weird thing where he kind of flares his arms out from side to side and sways when he walks. That he, makes him sound got flamboyant. And he's not. And yeah. the
1: wrists, and the hands, kind of. Uh, it's yeah, so they interesting. Flip away from the body. But,
0: so, so there's two ways to look at what you were saying. I do understand what you mean with all of that, but it's also, in my opinion, in this particular stance, it's like really endearing fan service because you can tell the. You know the the director who was, I believe, Alan Taylor is his name, and and I saw his name pop up on on tons of the uh, the Sopranos episodes, so I know he was a big player. David Chase and the other and the other folks on that on that whole production team, you can tell that these people were all instructed, and who knows, maybe they they all were all massive fans of the shows as well. But all of the actors nailed their his his or her characters, like to a T with all of their mannerisms and even the certain things that they said and the way that they talked and their accents. And of course, um, Livia, Vera Farmiga, who I'm a big fan of, they, she got in a poor you, you know, with with young Tony, which was really cool. Some of the other, um, tiny little things. Like I even noticed the way Michael Gandolfini was sitting. He looked just like Tony with his leg up and, and over the other one. Like he sits in Melfi's chair in their sessions, I mean, just all of those tiny little things that they, they, they did the, they showed us a couple of other scenes. Like for example, you actually see in the show when they go to the fair and, uh, you know, there's a, an illegal card game and they get busted and, and junior and Johnny Soprano or that's when Johnny actually goes to prison and they show that exact same scene except reshot for the movie. It's not like they use, you know, the footage from the show and the other one is, you know, the beehive hairdo oh in my the car gosh, they yeah. talk tony talks about how like he was uh, uh scarred by the story thinking you know he didn't want people to know about it because they sound like a messed up dysfunctional family which they are but johnny literally shoots like livia won't shut up in the car has junior and uh, somebody else in the back or Dicky. yeah dickie and and his wife and Dicky's father's widowed wife which that whole thing was really wild wait no
1: i thought it was his actual wife
0: Oh, it was it might that, have been that you're woman right, you're
1: was Kumar. Right. There's no way yeah, he yeah, would have yeah. brought a Goomar Sorry. around a wife. Sorry,
0: yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. That was very stupid on my part, but yeah, he's Johnny shoots the beehive hairdo, you know, with an actual gun and live ammunition. That was hilarious. Speaking of um, Dickie's dad, shifting gears, Ray Liotta was awesome. Yeah, in this movie, I mean, I really the his actual dad, like Hollywood Dick, he was. Horrible. I couldn't stand looking at him. I didn't like the way he acted and everything else. And like it also showed what a psycho dick he was, you know, just murdering his father in the car over a I don't want to call it a petty dispute because it was it was a serious dispute over, you know, beating his wife and everything, but he it was just like an argument that escalated from one to one thousand, like boom, you're dead. Your face is now the steering wheel. Well, his
1: mom died. Yeah. From probably similar causes, it sounds like. Yeah. The one thing that was really cool to kind of pull a 90 degree um, shift back to Tony Soprano, I really enjoyed seeing the high school kids' interaction and mm-hmm. Carmella.
0: Yes. You see early and you, Carmella and, we knew it and was she's her, still, yeah, and you they know did it's did her. So well. She looks,
1: she perfectly looks like young Carmella and you can kind of like hear her. Carmela yells, "I'll call them" as she's trying to break up that fight between who? Who's he fighting? Artie Bucco. I can't
0: believe you just said that, but yeah, when when they're in a scuffle because he's trying to call up Dicky to get Rolling Rock, which is awesome. Yeah, beer. And um, you know, at that point, Dicky had decided to to stay away from Tony because he didn't want to influence him in the wrong direction and everything. Um, I even remember when, and I think it might be with Artie and some of the you know, the other people. Carmela tries to like pull them apart and. Tony, in his, like, bull rage, throws Carmella off, you know, probably hurting her, and that reminds me, I remember when Carmella is trying to break up Bobby, Bobby Bacala, and Tony fighting in the end of season six Mm -hmm. in the show, remember, like, they throw her off, and she gets hurt, like,
1: Carmella's just getting thrown around, yeah, so
0: there's everything from very one-to-one references to, like, little more subtle ones that I think um you know true fans who've watched the show a thousand times are really gonna pick up on. But um overall, I I think from the way that we're talking about it, you as the listener probably understand we like the movie and we recommend watching it, obviously. Um the Rotten Tomatoes, because I have to read these. The Critics is currently sitting at 73. The audience is sitting at 59. I first of all think those are fair and accurate. Yep. But I'll say that I lean on the side of the critics. I think it's more of a seventy-three than a fifty-nine, in my opinion. And I understand how tomato meters work. Don't. I would give it, give it a me sixty-seven. That shit. <laughs> but yeah, maybe high sixties. Like high sixties. It was, it was good. It could have been better, but it did not hurt the Sopranos legacy mm-hmm. one bit. I was not worried about that. Like as the whole time since it was ever even mentioned, I was like. Everything will be fine. David Chase is involved. Yep. This is going to be fine. It's going to be good, whatever. Um, and I, I forgot to mm-hmm. mention how cool it was. And from the very beginning of the movie, I recognized it was Michael Imperioli's voice.
1: Yep, Chrissy. And they're
0: going through the graveyard. And the he doesn't do a lot of narrating, but Michael Imperioli does any of the narrating that occurs in the movie. And it's basically dead Chrissy in hell.
1: Like, talk, recounting. Yeah, because at yeah. the end of the
0: movie, he's like, and that's that's the man I went to hell for. I mean, it was...
1: It, yeah, you definitely have to... Well, and this is... If you're listening to this, it's assumed that you've already seen the show. Of course. However, I definitely would recommend to anybody in the future, watch The Sopranos, then watch the movie. Because there's oh, a yeah. lot of references that spoil like Chrissy being dead. Like, yeah, that, that so would be many, horrible. Yeah, so many things are a, a spoiler. Like... Even like the the um the vagueness around who actually did kill Chrissy's father in the show, you don't know. Could have been the cop. Could have not been the cop. When you see the the movie, it's like, oh, uh, you know, Junior Soprano ordered the hit. So that you you really have to watch the show. And I think I think it's good to kind of go through the machinations of mystery and wonderment about what's going on in the universe of Sopranos, and then they kind of drop the bombshell on you after you've gone through all of that, like. The revelation of Junior.
0: Yeah, actually, so the, you know where they have like a tiny blurb from the critics and a tiny blurb from the audience, and the audience one is perfectly written. Sopranos fans will enjoy seeing younger versions of some of their favorite characters, but the story may confuse casual viewers while frustrating the faithful.
1: And I I agree agree. with that.
0: I, I think that's a really fair... Summary of it. it it's a two-hour movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of like watching a double episode almost. But overall, it's a good movie. I'm I'm glad that it exists. I kind of want it to end here. You know, I don't want yeah. them to keep doing stuff. Because then you do take that risk of maybe tarnishing the legacy a little bit. And and, and I think I did know going in... Only several months ago did I I'd read almost read or saw almost nothing about it. The only thing was that I learned and I sort of wasn't surprising was that this movie's about Dickie Moltisanti. Yeah. They they bill it as like who made Tony Soprano and what turned Tony into who he is today. And it's it's not. And as a matter of no. fact, when you view it through that lens, it's not as good of a movie. Because in my opinion, it's not really believable that he would have gone down that path because the way his young tony's character is portrayed is n- to me it wouldn't have wound up in he wouldn't have wound up in a life of crime he was he was disgusted by it repulsed by it wanted nothing to do with it
1: yeah i would agree um the entire time i and they played up maybe maybe it was because you know he has his dad's last name gandolfini i Really thought there was going to be a lot more character development from young Tony's character into that, because because the way Tony Soprano talks in the show, he talks like he was doing some hard harder shit in high school, and like you know his conversation with Carmela, like you knew what the deal was going into this, yep. like way back in high school, like because that's when they got together and and all that. So it sounds like he was doing other stuff in high school and and maybe he was like, I I don't know exactly what grade he's supposed to be in, in the movie, but throughout the most of the movie, he, um, he seemed kind of normal and like subdued almost. And I don't know, like, like very much like a shelf character. And I was like, do something like, do something like I wanted to poke him with a stick and say like, go be angry, go be mad or something like that. Like, there's a lot of stuff that i feel like is mentioned in the sopranos show about him in his younger days and he seems more docile like in the movie than he was talked about in the show mm-hmm. which was really frustrating for me because i was yep. like i didn't really i didn't really think this was going to be the dicky maltesanti show which yeah. i liked it don't get me wrong um and i liked the actor who played him but i was expecting a lot more tony
0: yeah it it almost makes me nervous that maybe they will do more things cuz you know oh that's frustrating they, they have it being that Michael Gandolfini is James Gandolfini's son and he looks just like him and you could have an amazingly convincing and really cool Sopranos run up and they could I don't know, they could do a prequel show. I mean I was you just know, you know thinking what? about that. If it's amazing, then great. I just I'm always nervous about these kind of things. But um one last thing before we wrap up yeah. that I forgot about. I said there were two gasp moments for me. Okay. Do you remember the other one? I'll give you a- give me a hint somebody was shot. So there was, there was a fair share.
1: Wait, in the car?
0: Not in the car. Oh. There was a fair share of, you know, pretty violent scenes that, that I would expect out of Outside. Sopranos fair. Yes. And you know, one of them, like whenever they, they stuck the power drill with that one attachment in that knocked the dude's t- oh, That, I that was that. insane. And Paulie was mad cause he got his new suit, which again, nailed Paulie. But, um, yeah, this one dude, uh, they were outside and they got jumped by Harold McBrayer and his gang and the way that they had just had the camera and everything this dude just got his top blown off just well head sh- like very out of nowhere headshot explosion and i was like oh my god
1: it started as an argument mm-hmm. between the mo- the italian mafia dudes on the street and the one guy has him down and it's like you know hitting him or punching him or whatever and then all of a sudden like they're looking down at him and he's like, I don't know, trying to stand up or something. And his head gets blown off almost. And then they're all like, what the, f-, you know, what the fuck just happened? Cause they were just having a fight and here Harold's gang has come in yep. to, and, and is shooting them all up. And so that was wild. The, oh my God. I, I, I feel like I was so traumatized by the tooth drill thing that. I like oh, locked that. that out of my head. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> I hated that scene. And
0: they wound up killing him as well. I can't even remember. I, I can't even he remember. He stood
1: up. He broke his, that, um, I don't know his name. That Cyril. Guy, he broke his bonds, stood up, and then one of the crew just blew him away mm. and opened like a shitload of rounds into his chest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in summary, not unlike, I mean, look, we just talked for over a half an hour about the, just a two-hour movie this is like i said why i'm gonna leave it to the experts if you want to you want to hear about the sopranos on a podcast go listen to talking sopranos because it's awesome and those guys are so good but and you're going to learn a lot more from me aside from just hashing out rehashing lines Mm and effusively speaking about how it's the best show of all time and it is so if you're listening and you haven't seen it i i'm so disappointed in you but now that you know all the spoilers, you should watch it anyways. Um, for all the Sopranos fans, thank you for listening. And um, definitely check out the next episode where we're going to have the full-on movie rundown. But I, we wanted to dedicate a little bit of extra time and that very special beer that we had for fucked-up Uncle Junior. Because he is, like so many characters in the show, honestly, some of the quote worst characters are the best in terms of mm-hmm. just you can't take your eyes off them they're car wrecks you know the, the three that yeah. come up uh, going in reverse order from three to one junior and then richie and ralph
1: oh my like, god richie and ralph go especially richie and, and ralph i mean they... they're horrible but they're They're amazing characters characters. i'm i'm in the sopranos universe they're probably both in hell with their hands together and they're just like skipping oh like oh yeah we're fucked and evil
0: yeah they're the ones that go to the the irish bar and they lose every hand like chrissy says
1: okay so speaking of spoilers and assuming all of you've you know seen the sopranos and whatnot what does junior say when he shoots tony uh, he, he, he doesn't says, say das vedanya, but he says no. something like because that's Russian. He
0: says he says something in Italian. I want to say he's saying die,
1: yeah, about
0: little pussy. So they're uh, Pussy Malanga, I think uh, another character that they reference a lot in the show, but he you know never makes an appearance. I, yeah. I think he's dead. Actually, I'm,
1: I'm just like going through like all the Junior scenes, and that one stuck out. Yeah, the next time we watch Sopranos, every time we see something with Junior, I'm just going to think back. And like have the subliminal, like, oh my god, he he you're he the whack on Dickie Maltesante. When you know what else is crazy to think about too, I think the bigger implications there. If he hadn't done that, and he let Dickie live, Dickie would be the one running the show. Yeah. And Chrissy would be ahead of both of them as you know, Dickie's son. Yeah. He he would be it might it might have been a completely different Sopranos universe had Dickie Maltesante lived and um you know, Chrissy had grown up with his dad. They'd be the, they'd be like the, um, oh God, what are their names? Corleone's? No, no. Who's who's the New York guy that dies like near the beginning?
0: Jackie April? April. Ja- Jackie and Jackie Jr. Jackie and Jackie Jr.
1: Yeah. It would be something similar to that. Yeah, 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 you're right. It would right. be that Dickie would be and better. then and Chrissy, but like it would be something very similar. Like you've got, Big boss father and his close under son who may or may not dabble in the evils of Yeah, and the the funny
0: thing is, um, Chrissy, as dumb as he is, he's way smarter than Jackie, Jackie Jr. Oh, yeah. And Jackie April, for his limited stint in the show, he is shown as a a very well-respected, well-liked, and very level-headed boss.
1: Oh, yeah, that... His death had heavy implications for power balance mm-hmm. going forward. So that, yep. yeah, that's a cool thought experiment.
0: So there you go, everybody. The many saints of Newark and the Sopranos. It is. I would describe it as a love letter yep. to the fans. And again, I'm glad it exists. It's better than it not existing. Mm-hmm. It's a fun watch. If you haven't checked it out yet, it is exclusively, I believe, on HBO Max, and will be through october until halloween um you know if you don't have hbo max i'm sure you can get like a seven-day trial or something or worst case scenario buy it for a month and watch it it's practically like renting a movie or going to see a movie who cares Mm -hmm. so uh check it out hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you on the next episode